Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcast. G'day and welcome to Thrush and Treasure, the Torture Chamber musical podcast that pits thrush metal against the brilliant musical theatre. I'm your host for this week, Aaron, and I'm joined as usual by my uh, adequate co-host, Gareth. How you doing, mate? I'm, I'm going really good. I'm adequately drinking coffee because it's early here. So am I. I hope yours is warmer than mine because mine's depressingly bad. It... Mine, mine's excellent. I made it myself. No, nah, that's dead. Rest in peace. I can only do a hot coffee. I don't know how people do this iced coffee bullshit. But anyways, I'm not going to complain about my coffee much today. We're joined by a friend of mine from across the Pacific Ocean. We're joined by somebody whose work you have seen time and time again. Somebody who has worked on the Oscars and on the Jim Rome show, the Disney Radio Awards. And as a Disney fan, I'm like, yeah, man, that's awesome. He's got so many Emmys, it's almost a harem. He's also worked as a technical director for people such as Shirley Bassey, Holy Moly, Blink-182, and Aussie motherfucking Osborne. All right. So it is my pleasure to introduce you to my friend, Jonathan X, all the way from Los Angeles. How you doing, mate? Happy to be here, and I'm drinking water. You're drinking water. I hope it's at least cold. <laughs> yes, it has Not ice warm. in it. <laughs> That's all right, then. That's what I need here. So, yeah. Now, um, this week we would... Because obviously for our listeners at home, Jonathan isn't a Broadway or a West End or an Australian or anywhere theatre performer. He actually works in television. So he, he's serviced music in, in a lot of ways and has directed, well, technically directed performances, as I mentioned, by the, the effervescent Dame Shirley Bassey. I have to ask, what was that like? To be honest with you, I can't remember, but I did. I, my, my last project, uh, which was odd because of COVID, it was out of New York. It was called uh, Backstage on Broadway. Oh, well, there you go. And yeah. so this ties into your the Broadway aspect of your of your podcast. It was about 15, maybe 10 or 15 performances by all these Broadway actors as a New Year's celebration. It was a corporate event, but it was really cool. And it was done at a bowling alley in New York, yeah. a Brooklyn bowling alley. And I was here in L.A. in my office, and I directed the whole show on my laptop, Whoa. which was oh, wow. pretty interesting because we had, you know, like this is all the COVID prep and all this other stuff. But there was yeah. like great songs from Frozen and, you know, people from Phantom of the opera and the lion king it was just really really good so there was a lot of solid performance but i don't think that project could be seen anywhere because it was a it was a corporate gig so but it was it was fascinating but as far as surely but i can't i can't recall the project so i don't want to mislead your your listeners yeah, like man, that's, yeah that's i did surely right. i can't recall it. but the backstage on broadway was my current thing that might be closest yeah. to doing theater was that similar to the event that NBC did recently, where they did performances through the streets of New York? Yeah, I, I mean, it's whatever producers want to create and how yeah. you can do it. You know, now the way it used to be, the way things are happening now because of COVID protocols and production, I'm sure you guys are much better off than we are in America right now. LA yeah. right now is blowing up, and mm. I received the email the okay. other day from the Producers Guild about stopping our productions, and I was just re- listening to a story today that there's only like 17 ICU beds available in LA right 
right now, LA County. Oh, yeah. So it's a disaster because over here, people are so crazy. They've made it a political issue versus mm. a scientific, you know, health issue. So everybody's mm -hmm. like being an asshole. And you, yeah. you see these videos of people running around. There's a store called Erewhon, which is like ironic because it's, it's the most holistic bourgeois store ever. And you got all these nutcases running around screaming about not wearing masks. And then they go over to the mall in Century City, which is another bourgeois complex. And they're running around talking about this isn't communist China or Iran and we have the right to walk around with no masks. It's just, it's just so fucking stupid here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As I said last week in our show, the same people who were refusing to wear masks today would drain a swimming pool 30 years ago because a gay man swam in it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, it's, it's, Fucking it's hell, what is yeah. wrong with people? <laughs> Do, you just People need to stop and just compare those two and think to themselves, yeah. why? And I confronted someone about this, or everyone on Twitter recently about this, and one guy said, the government didn't give us a mandate about wearing condoms. What? That's what makes it acceptable. Okay, the government to... didn't tell him he has to. <laughs> Holy fucking shit, man. Sit down before you hurt yourself. Yeah. I, I could have thrown my laptop at the wall, but I'm a pretty calm guy. Yeah. As anyone listening to this show can verify. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I didn't really answer a question about the NBC production, no. but but the, the, the whole production technique, you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID has had a, a, mm. a dramatic effect on the approaches to production, mm. how things yeah. are done you know from the zones of a production site the day of testing the pre-testing etc 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 but at the same time there's been uh, uh necessity is the mother of invention there's been mm -hmm. a lot of progress made over the past year of third-party apps and developers and software techniques and cloud i call it cloud-based production things of that nature which allowed me to sit in my office and look at a multi-viewer that I was streaming on my browser. Mm. I had my iPad open with a, with a Unity app for communications. And then I dragged and dropped one of my browser feeds to my external monitor to watch the line cut and see all the, you know, and then I had another feed, a window open to look at script and rundown information as we were using a shared Google Drive to update information and script information and rundown. So there's a lot of things production-wise that I'm sure is going to affect theater and mm. regular production, film production, television mm. production which is going to, it's creating some new jobs and it's also mm. eliminating a lot mm. of new jobs. Yeah. I know, for instance, I, I worked on a project recently where I was lucky enough to work out of the house and I was here in LA. My graphic operators is in San Francisco. Uh, one of my playback operators doing the playback of files was somewhere in Colorado, you know? And so you make adjustments for latency delay like you guys do for your podcast because I think you guys are in different parts of the country, right? Yeah. So yeah. and the things about delay, things of like that latency. So you corner, you, you know, develop those skill sets of, of manipulating that. But then we're all over. So it's almost like, how long will it be before you know the producers here in LA realize, well, why should I keep my production hub in LA where I can send it to high speed internet access to somewhere like mm. Taiwan for fifty dollars a day oh. versus paying thousand dollars a day? Do something where like on one show where they have the studios in New York, but some of the cameras are in LA. And with motion tracking, they can follow the tracking backgrounds and do chroma key, the overlay, and do things like that. And because it, it's all always going to come down to money and creative, so mm -hmm. you know, yep. so it's it's uh, there's a lot of changes on the horizon. Mm. As I, I noticed Drew Barrymore's had guests on her show because she's in New York, but her yes. guests have been in Los Angeles. 
by yes. green screen sitting there in the studio. So yeah, and that's know, and that's part up. of the motion ba- motion tracking backgrounds and yeah. you know virtual things and, and and augmented reality concepts and you know it's uh, amazing times you know from when I first started to where things are now hmm. you know going from analog to digital. That is, isn't it? Well, we're literally living in the future. If we're we're sitting in our rooms creating projects and and it would not have been feasible <laughs> economically to have these resources for artists and that's one thing on occasion i teach a class at cal state northridge or or do speaking engagements at other local universities talking to the up-and-coming young bloods and i let them know that you know when i first started i had like a a kodak eight millimeter camera shooting films and then i was a military brat living in germany take it to the px ship it back to the lab then wait till it comes back and then put on my projector and then see if i (laughs) overexpose underexpose i says now you guys you have 4k video on your cell phone yeah you have non-destructive editing on your laptop you have all this Adobe After Effects plugins, et cetera, et cetera, where the, the creativity is in the hands of the artist. So even if you're a filmmaker, a writer, producer, director, editor, sound, whatever you wanted to do, you can already now start putting your team together and start creating your projects. Mm. So if you're if you're the rock and roll buff or you're the theater buff and you have people that want to do performances and you have a friend who's a writer, you can start creating your short plays, your short productions. You can have a friend who wants to be a DP and start taping and working and editing and then start doing your storytelling. So, I mean, it is, I mean, you got to go through a lot of bullshit before you find stuff that's really, really good. But the fact is, there's no reason for people who can't or who want to be creators and storytellers to do so right now. Mm, yep. Right, so there's, there's probably sometimes too many avenues, I think. but at least there are those avenues now i mean coming up as a child but a teenager you know and being ambitious and all that i would call up professionals like find their numbers in the phone book and stuff like that and call them up and find out advice and i just think man if i was a kid today i probably wouldn't be doing it because it wasn't that game or that challenge you know it's it, it does seem a very very easy today to become an artist which which is good i'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing but for me i i think i've i've i have enjoyed that challenge that having to to start from the ground up and and find a team to put a thing in the newspaper and say i want actors for something or looking for for filmmakers you know what i mean and instead of going online on a message board and there being thousands of of artists already there at my fingertips because even now that's today i still can't find people to do artwork so yeah it's a double-edged sword i think in a way because it's it's diluting i think a little bit that, oh, well, um, if I, I I understand that from from that perspective, but yeah. from from I have this I have this philosophy, and you've probably seen it on some of my Twitter feeds because I know we follow each other on Twitter. You know, yeah, I but, talk about the art of collaboration. Yes, yes, and look, and, I, I'm all for it. And, really and, and so so as as you're searching those like-minded souls, right? I mean, we, we've never met personally, but, you know, I've loved, I love your sense of humor. And I, 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 in fact, let me digress for a second. One tweet of yours that I always mention, you know, especially is when there was somebody talking about succulent plants and then somebody made a reference to chocolate succulents and then you responded, it's just elbow, am I right, ladies? Yeah. <laughs> and that, and, and that one, right. I'll never forget that one because I was, I was like, that is fucking funny. I laughed so hard. And I repeated that joke so many times to so many different people because I know a lot of people who love Idris, so the chocolate succulent thing is a winner. But Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of an evergreen tweet when you think about it. It, it, it works but... for everything. But to go back, it, 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 you yeah. have the opportunity to find 
And it takes time to search and find it, but find like-minded spirits and like-minded souls. And then you can filter out the people that, you know, in the beginning of my career, I took every gig I could get because yeah. I had to sharpen and, and, and get my skills together. But then thing, when things start moving along, I had a chance to say, when people call me about a job, who's producing, who's directing. And this is during my technical director days. Yeah. Who's producing, who's directing. Oh, if I knew the person was a fucking asshole, I would just tell them, oh, I'm sorry, I'm already booked those days. Because I had a choice, right? Yeah. But now things, then when I cross over to directing, you know, there were certain circumstances like, you guys know Rove McManus, right? Yep, yep. yep. He's a big Australian. So I, this is the only name I'm going to bring up. He's, he's a very small Australian. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 I remember his show Rove LA. Yeah. I directed season one which was yep. 10 episodes. And then I think season two was like 11 or 12 episodes. And then season two, I didn't know this, but it was, what I didn't find out until after the fact that one of the Australian producers wanted to change, wanted a more of a film look. So they changed the aperture. Him and the video person decided to open up the aperture, change the depth of field, which made one of my cameras have a hard time tracking focus when we introduced our guests and they walked out. It was always out of focus. It was, oh, we did. It worked. Shoot around. So after episode nine of 11, I got fired. Ouch. Oh. You know, and then the last two episodes are still the same problem. But at that time, <laughs> you, you, you work with a producer you know that he goes like uh you know and you do the best you can and you don't have choices and now as, as a director i do the best i can you know with the crew that i have and and then i try to hire people that are like-minded souls because because of all that networking and collaboration you've done over the years and then you do your team building so even though you say okay i understand i got to go through all these people this 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 there's so many but when they see your body of work they see what you're doing you're creating they'll not be attracted to you and the next thing you know yeah. you're going to have this collective team which yeah. is always mm -hmm. going to be just wonderful to have and then just develop and do more work and great work together you know because it, it's it's wonderful when you can you know, like like this like the backstage on broadway that i just did i knew nobody nobody yes. and we had like a day or two we had one day of rehearsal block shooting rehearsing and every rehearsal it got better 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 and then saturday morning did a running show and then we did the show but as you build that and you build that sense of camaraderie you build that sense of investment you build that sense of you know relying on their professionalism and their skill set and then as they bring that to the table you respect that but at the same time you're making the decisions you're doing the guidance you're you know you're still the director so but but you take that feedback from your department heads and adjustments and looking and adjusting and here okay i would like to get the shot can we help on that key light here oh that upstage left light can we kill that when we go here when we do the cross can we illuminate here as we cross over and give me a little bit more light there as i do the transition and then i'm going to go to camera two which is going to be tight you know track them out to the stage so and that's where all, all the things come together and then you start working then I'll, next thing you know you do a, a fucking great show and it's just like you know those old mickey rudy you know judy garland movies where they get together and they put on a, a play in the, in the barn to save the farm what am i thinking oh because this was right after the wizard of oz wasn't it i i know what movie you're talking about but i can't remember it's just a common <laughs> thing where they go like, oh we got it you know <laughs> Uh, babes in arms paul lost the lost his job oh we got to save yeah. the farm let's put yeah. on the play and we all get yeah. together and yeah, do a yeah. performance it's like this you know because i was thinking the other day about when i was a kid it's like you know like the bowery boys mom paul kettle francis the talking mm. mule mm. and all these old serial saturday morning matinee movies and i was like fuck i'm old yeah. you know because because I, I, <laughs> I was like you know it's like francis the talking mule and yeah that was that shit was funny you know, mm -hmm. and I remember that stuff. And 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 this, I don't know how this relates to the rock and roll into the theater, but that's just all part of production. 
Can I, I just want to jump in and ask you a question because just then you were reeling off, off the top of your head all those different directions with the you know, tracking the camera and the lighting and, and pulling it in tight. And when you're doing that, do you go into a production, I've got this idea in my head where I, I want to know what it looks like, or are you looking at it going, this needs to happen now? And are you making those kind of decisions on the fly where I need more light on camera two and I need camera three to pull back to to make it look better here's where we get here for me this is the process right so it, initially it's like what is it that we're creating what are we doing is it is it a talk show is it a variety show is it strictly music performance is it theatrical is it this is it is it a combination is it esports is it gaming is it a big arena show spectacle with monster wide shots like if you look at that link i sent you you have the esports gaming reel and you see the stuff i did in berlin where it was like a you know fifteen thousand people and mm. it had this beautiful set design with uh nicoline who was one of the art directors on eurovision you know oh. and she had this beautiful set design right so you know you got okay i'm going to have camera placement here because i want to get the big shots with the vera lights and you know the fifteen thousand people with the led lights so you know you structure that but then you know you need to get down low tight where this tight framing is for the faces of the gamers and the hands and the keyboard and you know so it depends on the content of what the project is right Mm. so then you have your basic and everything begins as writers you know as writers with the script right the the script what is what are the words you know what is the rundown okay so then you have okay i'm formulating the concept what we're doing okay camera placement okay lighting set design and i try to communicate with the lighting director the set designer and what their vision is what they're creating because i always try to make sure that i highlight what they love the most because everybody's an artist right the lighting director's doing things that he thinks oh this would be great i can do this here okay well here do we okay let me understand that set designer oh this perspective for this background this depth this you know that looks great there okay let me see where if i can okay now they run a show the talent placement this 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 camera placement hmm i remember the lighting director said he can do this here so if i do this here and he can and then he can do that big swish where all the very lights key and flow and then we come back down tight and do a push there and then find that one perspective where the talent comes out stage left to downstage center and then we find that center axis push you know things of that nature you start conceptualizing And then when you start rehearsing, you start blocking out segment by segment, block, 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 look, 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 look there. And then you say, okay, LD, look at this. I want to try here, here, here. Can we make an adjustment here? Will we make that turn here? Can you work with that? Yes. Go checklist. All right. And a set design. I need to move here. Can I, can we place this or move slide these chairs this way? So my camera can walk this way and blah, 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 blah. Oh, we can do that. Cool. Check. Okay. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Go down the line, right? So as you're formulating that, doing your rehearsing, you're blocking, you're blocking, going through the segments. Then you see what's working, what's not working. And then you have your command sequence. And sometimes it might be, you know, we know we're coming out of break doing this. So it might be a five, four, three, two, one, go seven, fade up on seven, then automatic lighting, audio, set, push, movement. It all happens together at zero, coming up on one, you know, and it's all working, you know. So it's a matter of, of coordinated efforts. Rehearsal is everything, yep. and then you, your cameras. You have your zone covers, but here's the here's the part that's the, the the beauty of it all. As you're working and you structure A, B, C, D, E, you have all your plans, you have all your structure, you have all this, but then all of a sudden things happen that wasn't planned for, and either A, it's going to be a total disaster and and then throw everybody off, or B, it's going to be one of those moments that you capture, and that's where you rely on your cameraman to break to get this. Somebody runs here. 
that personal check. The other camera will save for the reactions. The other one might come mm -hmm. wide to give you a relationship between point A and point B where they're going. Somebody else might turn around and get that person's reaction face. The event happens. Then you go back wide. Everybody goes back, restores, and settles back to their basic zone coverage. Mm -hmm. That's when you rely on your the professional of your peer, your team, yep. to adjust right? Make the, capture the moment, adjust, and then default back to your basic zone coverage for wherever you might be on the rundown. Yep. So that's what is happening. So all that's happening at the same time, you plan, you plan, you plan. And then just like I'm looking at my zoom monitor here, only instead of looking at three quadrants, I might be looking at five, mm. 10, 15, 20, 25 quadrants. And I'm scanning, 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 knowing, watching, listening, never looking at my program monitor. If I look at my program monitor, I'm screwed because I'm missing what's happening on all the other cameras. Mm. My script AD is working, my AD is working, my technical director is working, and I'm just looking and listening and trying to cover the event based upon how we rehearsed it and also based upon what's happening now at that moment. Yep, yep. Wow. My head's exploding just on no. that. <laughs> no, no. For me, for me, it's just like... It's like second nature. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, it's something that it's just, I fucking love doing. I could be I like on my Sunday show. We did, we just finished week 17 yesterday, uh, American football. It's seven hours live, no commercial breaks. Whoa, and it, it, and it's just like, from the moment we start that morning, it's just energy, adrenaline going, mm -hmm. having fun creating a good atmosphere, you know, not being a team leader in which you, you you respect your crew, you respect their craft, and you try to lead with a positive energy so it doesn't... Because it, I've worked shows where it's like long days and people are fucking brutal. Mm. It is mm. no fun. I just re refuse to either take work in that environment or create that environment and if i have to and if i if i find myself in that type of environment as a director i make sure i do everything i can to buffer between the people behind me normally the suits <laughs> right and my crew yeah right my ad to my left my technical director to my right my script pa my front deck I try to buffer between my front deck and everything through the headset down to my crew to the floor, you know, because yep. I like to try to keep that atmosphere and that sense of community and camaraderie tight and positive because it makes for a better work day. Yep. You want people to come to work at the end yeah. of the day. Well, Enjoy not at the end of the day, at the start of the day. Yeah, yeah. You, you want them to to want to come in so you know that's uh, you say that like-minded people gravitate towards each other i'm not so incredibly calm <laughs> to be a buffer so i don't know what you're no, saying me no, no but, see, but, see, but even in that world i've worked with what, what i call chaotic energy yeah mm. yeah that's, even, that's more me and, and there's there's another phrase you probably i mean maybe say order out of chaos mm -hmm. right yep. now yep. if you can have you can have chaotic energy which is complete like I'm fucking crazy. Fuck you. Do what I say. Blah, 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 that type of, or you can have the chaotic energy of life. Oh my God, this is great. I see this. I see that. What about this? What about that? Oh, huh, huh, huh. Okay. Hold on. Let's look at one. And then let's look at two. Let's yeah. look at three. Okay. <laughs> and then we're doing one, two, three. Oh, what about four, five, six? Okay. We don't have much time, but let's look at five <laughs> and maybe we can tie five to three. How about that? Oh, that would be awesome. So I've, I've done that. I've, I've had chaotic energy, which is so out of control. But when you embrace it a little bit and tie into it and let them see that you kind of understand a little bit, mm. right? Because I've mm. had I've had a I've had a couple students who are who are on the autistic spectrum and we'll be in class talking and we'll be talking concepts. And all of a sudden they would interject and they would say something that was so far out of fucking left field, right? But I had to stop and then I had to say, okay, where's that thought coming from? 
and how do I bring that thought to what we're doing in class? Mm. And if I can make that connection between that abstract thought, and it sometimes they are very fucking abstract, but when when you really break it down in relationship to the class we were teaching, production and coverage, I was able to take that abstract thought, turn it into a possible reality for how you can ex- execute that, and it opened up another door of creativity. Yeah, because it it challenged and that it, it would challenge the other students to think like, oh my god, what is he talking about now? No, think about that for a second. If you did this, how could you do this happen to create that luck for something like that? So with that chaotic energy, blah 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 blah, explosion, this. Got to kind of rein it in a little bit because budget and time and all that, which they get, which they, those people, those positions understand because it always comes down to money. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, to to tap into that vision, that energy and to apply it, you know, it kind of lends itself to some pretty cool things in, in a positive sense. Yeah. Would you find um, more is more? in that sense like the more you have to work with this is something gareth and i are always butting heads about i say more is more the more i have to work with i can edit it out but i can't create footage or i can't create audio from from something okay Okay. here's here's the deal now that one if you're if you're looking for editing it's always best to have extra to shoot edit trip if you can if you can game set match no no (laughs) if if you can control yourself to edit to write to edit oh yeah Yes. To leave it on the floor and not be in love with yourself so much that you keep everything in. It's almost like 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. No. Okay. Yeah. But to have no, the no, extra no, footage no. and to get in the edit bay and not have it. But yeah. on the flip side, in honor of Gareth, <laughs> I used to be, I used to be, but, but it goes to 11, right? Yeah. From Spinal Tap, but it goes to 11. As I've gotten older, I've learned to appreciate the value of one and two. Yeah. Okay. So it's almost like I used to be offended when people would want to edit my line cuts. How dare you want to edit my line mm. cut? It's fucking brilliant. I'm so, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but then as I as I got older and mature and wiser and my vision opened up and I started to see the value of still doing a good line cut, cutting camera one, ready two, ready three, ready four, ready five, ready six, ready seven, ready eight. But now as I'm doing my line cut, creating that beautiful storyline, well, wait a minute. If I have 10 cameras, and I only have one camera on the line at the time, and the other nine are searching for the other shots while they're waiting, they could either be giving me something or putting something in ISO, right? Because if I'm doing a line cut, you have one record machine recording the line cut. If you have 10 cameras, then you have another 10 additional machines, what they call an ISO record, which is always recording camera one, always recording two, always recording three, right? And then you have a clean and dirty. So if I'm doing a great line cut, and we're recording it on our program record, and I'm ISO recording all the cameras. If I'm cutting from one to two, then I might say, guys, hold a beat before you break for this shot. You know, and I'm doing my line cut. But if I'm doing focusing on say, say the center of the stage with cameras four, five, and six, then I tell eight, nine, and ten, and one, two, three to do some other shots that I record in ISO. So that I started learning the value of the ISO record and things that weren't happening as I was doing my line cut and then learning the value of one and two. And then if it wasn't a live show, but it was something live to tape, then I made sure I would go back and have more things to yeah. and see it connects what Kareth is saying and what you're saying. You yeah. want more for the edit bay to edit. Mm-hmm. You like less is more. <clears throat> so if my line cut is less is more, but if I direct the ice, if I, if I direct the cameras to give me extra while they're in ISO and recording that, when I get to the edit bay, 
not only do I have my line record, which I love, yeah. but then I have additional footage in my ISO channels that I could pull up or I can extend the shot, mm, mm, place yes. the shot for that one. So it really is a combination. Less is more, but have the footage. If you're willing to, less is more, edit and pull yeah. things out. And if you need it there. And then also, I like it when it goes to 11. Everything I used to crank up. I used to crank it all up. But then I learned how to turn it down a little bit because sometimes, sometimes that plus one is better. Sometimes that minus one is better yeah. than a plus mm. 11 or plus 12. Yeah. 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 If it works for that versus ego, if it, if it's, if it's, if it's for the content that you're covering versus the ego. Oh yeah. No, there's no ego here. Whoever's editing our episodes, at least an hour of me talking is getting cut regardless. <laughs> Look, if, so it, it doesn't matter. Who. If, if we had an edit suite, that was not me sitting up all night doing this shit. I wouldn't care how much content they got. Okay, we weave your magic, but yeah, <laughs> there's, there's only so much time. But yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, we, uh, we'll move on then because we'll move on to the the albums that we've got yeah. this week before so we, we run can, out of time. So, so let's run out of <laughs> yes. Obviously, we're uh, coming from three different locations as well. So the time and space continuum is going to implode on itself at some point. Or breakfast, if you're if you're me. So, uh, all right, what time know, is it there right now? Uh, it's 4.49 p.m. here. It is 10 to 9 a.m. on Wednesday. All right. Yeah, it's so it's 10 to midday here. Anyways, we'll, we'll move on to the album. Um, I can't think of a good segue, but we're talking about something <laughs> and all that. Uh, Gareth, yes. you gave, well, gave us both. We all, I think uh, Jonathan might have listened to this album, Testament. Wow. Uh, Titans of Creation, which was a, uh, it was an album. <laughs> that's all i can say well that was short and sweet <laughs> well yeah you wish honey so would you like to hear my review okay yeah. so when i first saw the cover i was like yep that's a metal album cover and proceeded to pop the needle on the spotify instantly my poor constantly abused ears were met with another classically 80s inspired thrash album which yet again sounded like it was designed to appeal to the self-hating set <laughs> While the opening song, Children of the Next Level, played, I was disappointed to find that it wasn't about today's culture of video gaming, but was pleased to find that it's actually about the classic 1980s cinematic bomb, Heaven's Gate. I mean, yet again, I can hear the influences, and neither this song nor the follow-up, World War II, left me for dead. But the 80s power rock sound of Dream Deceiver might have a place among a seam in the dream-conceived Wayne's World 3, which we'll sadly probably never get to see. The more I listen to this song, the more I'd love to hear a mashup cross with Dreamweaver. Pause for face punching. Mm. There you go, Gareth. You got a free shot. You're not going to take it? No. No. Oh, bugger. Yeah. I set you up for that one. Next Next time I might bite back. No, I, <laughs> oh, I agree. I love I love that song. Dreamweaver. Oh, that's, oh, I thought you would hate no, it. No, it's a classic. It was in Wayne's World. Come on. This is dream sequence. I'm not going to, I'm not fighting you on, on Wayne's World pop culture references. No way. Uh, yeah. I don't know metal, but I know Wayne's World. <laughs> But yet again, something weird happened. I swear to God, on my screen, I read the words Queen of the Underworld, but apparently no such song exists. I'm genuinely starting to think that all this devil music is starting to mess with my mind, mm. which is only confirmed by the fact that every time I hear machine guns, I say, cool drum solo, bro, without realizing. <laughs> 
So far, at least three songs have appeared on the Xbox menu Spotify controls thingy under different names. The last time being the pandemic epidemic nonsense. The Queen of the Underworld is a long song title to get wrong, and yet none of these mare songs bear that name. None are even called Persephone. Is something wrong with me? Or is it the devil music? Speaking of which, I've always found poets to be the greatest punishment Satan ever sent to Earth. No offense, Gareth. And it seems this 2020 effort from a 34-year-old band had two modes. Either it was, I'm half screaming all serious and you are listening, with the thrash unclean vocals, or it was the poetic yet slightly pretentious lyrics that left me feeling unclean. Either way, it got dirty. And every time I went to listen to the album, I kept wondering why I heard bands like Sepultura, Skid Row, and Creed, but have never heard of Testament. And the conclusion I came to every time the CD stopped was perhaps they came across as rather too influenced by those who came before them, which is fine when listening to expendable pop. I can jump from Backstreet Boys to NSYNC to Five in three basic chords, but those lyrics aren't trying to be poetic, nor is that music trying to relate to people who may have a chip on their shoulder. And I felt like this band needed to focus more on who they are as artists and not how they can serve a genre which they are very talented at. I stretch that point. They are not lacking in talent, nor are they lacking in inspiration, but I say scrap the talent. No, sorry. Hang on. Let me take that again. (laughs) But I say keep the talent, scrap the inspiration. A song like City of Angels, which was clearly named after my place of birth, spends half of its time appealing to the emo crowd, the rest of the time feeling like it's trying to break free of those constraints. I didn't hate this album, but it, I also didn't love it. And after last week's epic reaction, which has been described as epic by even my standards, I did find the jump back to standard metal topics like Egyptian gods, world wars, and Babylonian codes to be a slight relief. The latter, the code of Hammurabi, refers to a 3,700-year-old set of laws as chiseled into a piece of rock found at the turn of last century. Laws which were enacted some 1,200 years before Ishtar's gate as per track six of this somewhat vanilla album. These are topics that interest me in general, so it's disappointing that even though he is half screaming all serious, but I could not understand. Two and a half stars, much better than last week, which is an extremely low bar. If this is what metal poets sound like, the world is thankful you won't share your videos, Gareth. <laughs> Alrighty. Wow. So what did we think of, I, of the album? I can't, I can't believe you put Creed and Testament in the same... <laughs> In the same sentence. Yeah. Wow. I'm I'm a bastard. I know. I'm okay with Skid Row, but yeah, not Creed. Yeah. You surprised I know Skid Row? (laughs) Surprised you know anything sometimes, to be honest. That's all right. You weren't you weren't supposed to love it. (laughs) It's not not Well look, I I well, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. No, that's a shame. That's this is a it's 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 a sound I've heard so many times before. Well, you that's know, the problem. Testament came out of the Bay Area like Exodus and like Death Angel and Metallica, and so yeah, that, I mean they they're if there was there's a big four of thrash Testaments in the big five in the big six, so. You know, and they've they've kind of stuck. And how have I not heard of them? How Be- have I not Be- heard of this back? Because you listen to musical theatre. Oh. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those. So do you. Yeah. So do you now. Thank you very much. So that's not an argument. My head hurts. How have I not heard it? It's like there's some some female singer. I can't even remember her name. It's like Kelly G or something like. I don't know. She had like a ton of of pop hits in the eighties. How have I not heard of her? I love my eighties pop divas. I don't know. You know, but she had like 10, 15 number ones. I can't remember her name. That's how much she's unknown in australia but has had all these number one hits in america how is she not known here know. and how is this band not, not known here is it that they're just not unique enough i want to i want to throw it to our guest jonathan had you heard of were you aware of testament before uh, this album landed in your inbox uh no okay See, I'm two from See two my then. point. <laughs> no, but I, I bet you've heard of Megadeth and Pantera. Yes, yes. See, but but I have to admit the album cover is kind of cool, mm. right? And I did listen to a couple of the tracks of, of the ones I listened to. Uh, I think World War Three and maybe Night of the Witch because I I do I listen. I'm not gonna lie. I love all genres of music. There's not one genre of music globally, international music, American music, whatever. I when I travel. When I work, I make a point to listen to local radio, okay. right? And make sure I, I listen to whatever the locals are listening to as much as possible. As long as I, as long as it's not American pop music, right? <laughs> the, 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 the flavor. Yeah. Oh. So when you when you hear that opening riffs <laughs> and 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 the double drumming and the boys coming down, you know, then it's from that. It's like you know whatever. It's like it's like thrash movie. It's like thrash music, you know, something yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, bang your head dead, and here you know, drink Budweiser and do crystal meth. Yeah. <laughs> Like-minded people are attracted to only, each other. Only one, seems. only one of those things have I tried. <laughs> I, I'm going to use my imagination and guess which one it was. It was... Uh, yes, yeah, so look, at least I know I'm not alone in that because no. there is, there is, as a, uh, a, I guess, a troglodyte in the world of metal. I am a caveman. I know nothing. Right? I am, I am Neolithic, mm. so I am learning, and I'm trying to connect with a lot of these songs, but and and listen to the stories without having to Google the lyrics and get these awful websites that come up with fifty bloody spam ads when you're on them because that drives me nuts for crying out loud. Stop mm. doing that shit, people. Yeah. Oh, I, I won't rant. Sorry. <laughs> And I can't connect with that. I can't. It feels like they're shouting at me. And if I want that, I would go have a conversation with my parents. Mm. So it sort of leaves me. Hi, mum and dad. <laughs> Dude, I'm not telling them about yeah, this podcast. <laughs> Look, I, I don't think that the lyrics and and with all, all, all due respect to the boys, the, I don't think the lyrics take a lot of Googling. They're pretty, they're pretty upfront. I mean, the, the, I didn't get your Heaven's Gate joke because that's about the I don't know was there a movie called Heaven's Gate because that that's about the yes. the Heaven's Gate cult that's what the song is about the song's not about the movie I I know that that yeah. that okay. was the joke I didn't know there was, was a Heaven's the... Gate movie there you go okay. yes so okay the, yeah. the joke was because I'm so stupid here's, and yeah you know, me being all pop culture here's a here's an interesting sad kind of tragic tie-in when this album ca- album came out on the fourth of April last year half the band came down with COVID and. And Chuck Billy, it kind of hit him pretty hard. And he's a, I met him, he's a big guy and he looks like, you know, a, a truck wouldn't hurt him. But yeah, it, it knocked him and it was a little bit, yeah, it was concerning there for a little while. So it's just weird to think that was April and and here we are. So I don't know what, um, they, they wrote that angry shit 
without a global pandemic. So I don't know what they've what lyrics they've <laughs> come up with if they're working on a new album for this year. So there be a lot of were the songs angry or is his voice that? Oh, look, both. Yeah, it it suits them. His voice suits the music. So you know, well, I didn't didn't really find angry songs. Well. I mean, obviously the music. Okay, yes. so maybe not so much angry songs, oh, but is there's you know dark themes. Okay. So yeah, well uh, yeah, and and that's to be expected from metal, yeah. which was yeah. the whole point of pointing out that the cliche uh, standard topics yeah. that you will find in metal, which is fine by me. A lot of, a lot of those things interest me, yeah. um, and that's when I go down Wikipedia rabbit holes. Mm. I usually start off at Mesopotamia and end up at bloody Spice Girls or something like that. <laughs> So um, that's what happens on, on there. But uh, one song in particular was actually the, their final song mm. shows their potential if they were to, like Trent Reznor oh. um, composes. Oh, don't. You always think the worst of me every week. <laughs> no, you just mentioned Trent Reznor. That's okay. Well, I, I, Reznor, sorry. No, Aussie no, Bogan that's... accent. No. It's pronounced Reznor, so I'm going to say it how it's okay. pronounced, uh, how it's written. Trent Reznor, there you go in a, a Bogan accent. <laughs> you got to Aussie it up, mate. Yeah, yeah, mate. Trent Reznor, he now composes, well, has done for a while, composes film music. Yeah. And Concubine, at the end of it, what is it called? Catacombs. Or am I... Catacombs. <laughs> now, that time I didn't read it wrong, okay. I got it wrong. I'll admit to that one. That sounded like a film score. Okay. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big tick. That is, that's a, that's yeah. a compliment. I feel really, see what I mean? Like it left me feeling unclean. So. <laughs> Why do I like this final song? Dirty. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me, don't make me like it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to put it on any playlist, but that's right. it showed I, their potential. And, and that's. The boys would be glad to know that after, you know. Yeah. I was going to say, years, like 50. They, they finally yeah. got potential. <laughs> <laughs> you have potential to be great. From yeah. some dickhead who knows nothing about metal music, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they're hanging on to my every, every word. Every word, every word. Jeez, but yeah, look. In terms of them, fine. Like I, I, as I say, I didn't hear their identity. Like again, going back to Body Count, hmm. a song of theirs comes on. I know it's Body Count. A, a Guns N' Roses song comes on. I know it's Guns N' Roses. I mean, yeah. okay, Axl yeah. Rose's voice is maybe particular, but they do have a particular sound in their music. I didn't hear something that made me go, this is Testament. But then again, I don't have yeah. their previous work to look at. So I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, they within the genre, they do have a sound. Vanilla. But as it, you know, as someone once told me, all music that you hate sounds the same. And I'm like, yep. So Well, that's you know. true. Well, see, you know, and, and when you talk about pop music, when I hear throwaway pop music, which seems to be constantly on the on the charts lately, it, it just all sounds. My kids are listening to it. I'm going, what? who is this? Because it sounds like the last one. And they go, yeah. yeah, Dad, your music sounds the same too. So, But you know. that's fine. I can, as I said in my review, I can go from listening to all my pop divas, and, and a lot of them do sound the same, and that's no problems. The songs generally have enough of a hook for me to to keep coming back to them mm. but that is also that's a solo singer a lot of the times this is a band so they are therefore they should be creating their own mm. sound i mm. i think i'm not going to lecture them i'm not going to tell them how to do their <laughs> yeah, jobs yeah. or anything they'll, they'll like just that. tell you to fuck off <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'll have and then i will reply with as long as you buy me dinner first yeah so yeah no um okay so just it was okay 
it was okay. It was just it, a it, it was just a nothing one. Oh. It, it was it was yeah, it was an album. It was there. <laughs> Like there it. was nothing that like there was no song you know when sometimes like it'll be an album and there'll be like 10 tracks and nine of them are stinkers and there'll be that one song that you keep going back to you'll buy the album just for that one song mm. i can't think of anything in particular okay just think of any one hit wonder i guess <laughs> yeah um the the, <laughs> the knack everyone who bought the knack the knack based yes. on my sharona is going what are the rest of this although the rest of the album wasn't bad but yeah yeah well um i've actually did have you heard the 2020 version of my sharona no but my corona oh, my corona yeah. <laughs> ouch did you, there was somebody who did a parody uh oh god now i can't think of it. i'm so sorry it was a, a another parody song but it was um I kept the the Atlanta group, the hip hop group out of Atlanta, and Hey Now, they did Hey Now, and oh, they did oh, Outcast. Outcast, yeah, Outcast, yeah. There was an Outcast parody. It was really, really good. But let's <laughs> just just one just mm. one reference to what you were saying about the music that you hate sounds the same, the music that you love sounds the same. There's something that I I do. I call it the rhythm of life. And like you, Gareth, I'm sure. You, did you look at the Ozzy clip that I directed, the Ozzy Osbourne stuff? No, I chance? did. I don't know. If, no, yeah, okay. I, I didn't. So I didn't a, actually get sent that, Jonathan. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna talk to my. Need to talk to someone about that. I sent you all <coughs> these videos. Thank you very much. Did you? Yes. I didn't get an Ozzy clip. What Ozzy clip? Because I've probably seen it if it's Ozzy. It's so. in there. It's, it, it's when you performed at BlizzCon. Okay. But here's something. No matter what genre of music, and I call it the rhythm of life, like that Ozzy one. I did not get a chance to do a rehearsal. Mm. It was BlizzCon. It was like two 11-hour days broadcast. And then at the end of the second day, they had a concert. So they did a sound check like the night before. I was already off air. But it's like timing, right? Music. If that, if I went to go see Testament and I had to walk right in, maybe not knowing their, their stage movement, but listening to the music, I could cut it based upon the rhythm of life, the timing of music, the hits, mm -hmm. the solos, the drops. If I was doing theater and listening to the songs and the music and the composer, Posing and the movement and the flow. I might not know all the stage movement. I would have to figure that out and maybe bell out to my wide shot a lot, but I could find the patterns and hit. Mm. The same with orchestra. I might not be able to find the lead piccolo or the lead violinist for their solo, but I can see possibly where it comes and how it sustains and works out. So no matter what, all genres of music kind of gives me that rhythm, what I call the rhythm of life, where I can find it and tap into it and then go off the music, be it country, bluegrass, blues, rock, heavy metal, speed metal, death metal, you know, R&B, soul, hip hop, anyway, I can just find those patterns and just roll with it. So I think it, it, for all human beings, if we open up our ear and tap into that, we can pretty much find something that we can hook into it, it, no matter what we listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of the point of our show is to well, both of us to open our minds to genres that we aren't typically into. And obviously we're, it's, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. I, th I thought it was just here to piss me off. Well, but... there's that too, but also I have a uh, an evil plan of world domination that I'm trying to enact. So via musical theatre, yeah, via musical theatre and Broadway. Um, but that's one thing I've always noticed about your work, Jonathan, is that there is a rhythm to it that I see it, and, and that's why I've always, I think I've always said to you yourself that I I would love you to to jump into narrative because I would love to see what you do with a musical movie or even one of these nbc live productions that they do for you to be helming that i i would i'd pay money to see that and i don't watch tv very often <laughs> thank you very much i appreciate that 
Yeah. Would you say um, a lot of that's to do with your childhood? And I, I know you've told stories, even to me. Uh, we um, we had an interview for our listeners at home. We had an interview probably about seven years ago, I think it was, for, for my website. Uh, and that's still on my dead computer, which is underneath my desk filled with dust that I can't get. But that's an amazing interview that I'm so disappointed to um, have, have lost. So I'm, I'm wrapped to have you on the show to at least ground you and, and, and salvage the tiniest bit of that. But I, I believe some of the, the stories you told me were sort of growing up, your parents listening to music and sort of the influence that had on you uh, and your art sort of growing up. Would you say that that sort of expands to your photography as well? Because I know actually you're going back to learn music, uh, go back to school to learn music now. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's been really hard here in America for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, really hard. And there's some talking points that I hope will die once we're out of this. Mm. And one being, you know, people who love their employer-based health care because some people lost their job and lost their health care. And people fighting for a decent living wage because the people who yeah. are keeping the wheels turning are all the people that some Americans laughed at as they try to fight for $15 an hour wage, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, I've been very blessed to to work out of the house, you know, to have broadband, mm -hmm. to do some works, to, to take care of my family and everybody. My daughter came home after the first couple of weeks. So I have all my kids and my wife, we're all together, the pets. Uh, thankfully, I, I make a joke that, you know, after two decades of homeschooling and watching every episode of The Walking Dead, <laughs> who knew that it would prepare us for this? You know, because we, we, you know, we, we hunkered down, we're together we love each other we mm. we don't get on each other's nerves everybody has their space we hang in there you know we have you know protocol and routines and so far we've been safe you know and i've been able to do a couple projects from home and you know keep us afloat and everything like that so i count my blessings but on the flip side not to sound elitist but i've been using my time to to do art you know like i've been doing mm -hmm. you know doing my old pho photography you know scanning all my old negatives you know from the 70s and 80s you know scanning photographs you know posting things you know you know living in the past while looking towards the future and then i've always like when i was a kid i used to order the berkeley school of music music catalog just to look yeah. at all the classes that they offered you know dreaming one day of going to like berkeley school of music and blah 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 but i sucked i i was, I was bad at music theory i was bad at everything so i never you know that never happened but I always dreamt about it, but recently I found a, a catalog from 1975 that I, because I'm a hoarder, that I had on my bookshelf, you know, that I had from like my junior high days or high school days. And so I basically went online and I'm, I'm taking an Ableton class uh, to learn Ableton Digital Audio Workstation and Introduction to Electronic Music. Because what I'm going to do is, um, here, let me, so wow. if you see over this shoulder, like all up there, right? Yeah. Those are all from from my from my punk rock days. When I used to do all the recording of music, and so what my goal is to 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 digitize all those reels of music that I have, yes. and then redo analog MIDI That's mixers, fun. and then add it to over here on this side. You see all my tapes of video art and things I've done over the decades. So then do remixes of all video art and music, and then tie it all together. So and then you know maybe do some streaming of like art projects and as I get close to retirement, be a performance artist. Because yeah, now, cool. now that I'm getting older, I have more shit to say. Yeah. I have archival footage, you know, to yeah. to to share with the young bloods. So that's the concept. That's the goal. So yeah, all that plays into it. The, the music as 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 a youth taking time now to remodify, live in the past, but live for the future. And everything that I've ever done has been an influence, you know? 
Yeah. Everything all of us ever do is a reflection of our experiences. I mean, our entire lives are a reflection of our, of our collective experience, and mm. it, it comes out in what we're doing today and what we'll do tomorrow. Yeah, oh, and you, you have had such a um a vast, uh, amazing life so far. Uh, one thing last time you said to me, um, and sort of growing up, you obviously you grew up through such a, a rough time in America for African Americans. So then, last time we spoke. Uh, you said something to me that since then has gone through my head constantly because when you highlighted it to me, I saw it in it happened in real life. I noticed, and that was the term bigotry of expectations, low expectations. Sorry, oh, oh, that's it. The, <laughs> yeah, bigotry, the bigotry of, of low expectations. That's yes, that's yes. it. And that that that's something because that, I mean that's something I get from my own dad. That, that that's not even anything to do with with race or anything like that. that's just he doesn't like me so he has very low <laughs> expectations for me you know and and my co-host here gareth every time i open my mouth you see the look on his face oh god what's he gonna say now it's that's yeah. the bigotry of low expectations no, no that's mine's <laughs> expectation reality and I'm, I'm just trying to pull them to together yeah. But um, what what advice would you give to to young artists today who are very much um, as something I've gone on about is art as activism. I look, art is already activism, and I I'm happy for that. And the musical I've chosen this week will no doubt be accused of being political by my co-host here, uh, but I have a defence for that. Uh, anyways, what advice would you give to to people who are sort of putting that that activism first and foremost? And, and sort of relating it back to that bigotry of, of low expectations because I, I, I like a lot of society now don't have those low expectations because people are standing up they're being vocal so we we have no choice but to have proper expectations for them so what advice would you you give to them sort of coming up in industry and um how to handle that artist and an activist balance well i think i think anytime anytime you you kind of live your truth your value you're, you're always going to be considered by some activists, but it doesn't really yeah. matter. I, I tell people to, as you travel your journey, your path, because every path is different, everyone, mm -hmm. I stress for all the, the young bloods and even the elders that I talk to or the people that my age who are still frustrated about whatever, be who you are, be true to yourself, right? And when you run into people who are an asshole, right? Whatever you do, do not stop in your position, right? I say you go through them, you go to the left, the right, above, below, through, but whatever you do, do not stand still and give them real estate in your heart and your efforts and your mind because that Amen. person is going on to the next person and being an asshole towards them. And it has mm -hmm. nothing to do with you. It has to do with them. So yeah. if you live up to a person's bigotry of low expectations, then you empower them to succeed and blocking you in achieving what you want to do. Now, people talk about STEM, right? Science, technology, engineering, math, but I say add A to that, make it STEAM, because the arts are just as important mm -hmm. for creativity and thinking outside mm -hmm. of the box. So now if they tie that into my philosophy and my preaching about the art of collaboration, as they develop who they are, their vision, their path, their creative, what they want to be, what they want to do, and they start networking because networking is everything. Because no matter, listen, if you're a writer, yeah, it's just you in your mind, a pen and a paper. But even then, we're still a community because great writers observe, right? Mm -hmm. They observe and they interpret. And they, you know, so, but for everything else, all our creatives, it is a sense of collaboration. So as you're building your team, as you're working on that, as you're, as you're collaborating and creating, you know, then, then you'll find your voice, right? Your voice. 
And then you'll just execute that voice and just be who you are and just follow your path and 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 know that it's I know there's a bunch of cliches. Oh, it's, it's not it's not you know it's a marathon, it's not a sprint, but it's still it's a journey. And and I always stress, and this is something that uh, a professor at Wichita State told me: is have the goal, but that don't make that your primary focus. Make sure you enjoy every step forward mm. and every step back and every step forward appreciate that journey from where you are now for tomorrow when you reach that because once you reach that top then you're going to be dissatisfied you're wanting the next thing but mm. as you appreciate your path and the work that it takes to get there you'll have more value to to that accomplishment as you're setting your sights on your next move what you're going to do next so overall don't stay in your place you're going to run into people that are are negative don't empower them to slow you down from trying to achieve what you want to do do your thing regardless always work towards it and as you start networking and, and collaborating and working on your craft it's going to be bumpy there's people skills there's, you know, dealing with people, communication, all the stuff, you know, you, it's it's just part of life. You got to work with it. You got to work with those skill sets, deal with it and know that we're all, everybody's different and that's okay. And that's cool. That just makes it even more better to have so much different uh, points of view of cr for creativity. But I just say, just do it, be it, believe it, believe in yourself. I, I, I'm a firm believer that there's a certain degree of ignorance is bliss. <laughs> if, if you know that, mm -hmm. if you don't know that everyone hates you, that's fucking awesome. Just <laughs> yeah. keep going. Just keep going and keep and keep walking. And if people like are dissing you or are putting you down or whatever it may be, fuck them. Keep going. You know, whistle. Look at the beautiful sky. Look at the birds. Do your thing. Keep going. And if people try to block you, keep going. Don't worry about it. It's them. It has nothing to do with you. Keep doing your thing. So that's that's what I really try to stress to the students. And that and, and that is just a, a value of self and goals and dreams because that's important i mean I'm, I'm 63 and i still i'm still dreaming about doing stuff over the next 10 years if yeah. if, if time permits you know yeah which yeah. is our greatest asset as we get older yeah i absolutely yeah. admire about you because as i say you have accomplished so much and yet you're actually willing to go back to school something that i run away from uh, myself but you know it, it doesn't matter you say the humans won't ever be satisfied it is true yeah, As a, yeah. You, you've worked with all these you've worked with ozzy osborne and, and blink 182 and all these amazing people you've you've directed the technically directed the oscars and then stuff like that well let me let me clarify i i didn't well wait a minute when i was a technical director i technical directed the the pre-show and the okay. post-show I didn't but do the main show. Now, for the main show, I did have the opportunity. I, I stopped TDing the Oscar pre-show because I had the opportunity to direct the Spirit Awards pre-show. Uh-huh, yeah. And that's when I left that. And then I started doing some other things, directing for the Oscars, which was the SciTech Awards, the Governor's Awards, and the nomination show. That's right. Well, your name comes up in the Oscars credits. Exactly. That like counts. That, so take that. the credit, <laughs> nod and smile, and say yes. Yes. I've yes. Technically directed you. the Oscars. Yes. One year <laughs> I did get a single. One year I did get a single page credit, and I almost died. Yeah. I, I think that's that was the the. I think I tweeted you afterwards, and I'm like, hey. I just yeah. That, you, yeah. That I, was I, a I was single pager. Oh, yep. Yeah, that was that was a big deal. I don't know who was doing graphics that year, but I still owe them dinner. <laughs> In terms of award shows, are you guys looking for the most pissed off 
losing reaction possible. Okay, I hope a... so. Yeah. Well, yes. Okay, I I have worked on a couple where they made adjustments to the winner based upon who was there. Oh. Oh, okay. Not oh, not, oh. not not now. Okay, not. I'm not going to say which one, but it wasn't <laughs> one of the majors. Fuck it, give it to so and so because they're here. I've seen that. I've yeah. I've been on some of those. The raspberries do that, actually. Most people, most people, uh, they know they're going to be on camera if you're doing a multi-box effect. They, they, they're stoic. They're stoic. Uh, you know, they don't really do the disappointment. Um, maybe the person they're with might show more emotion. So if mm. you instead of doing a single, you might want to do a two shot or a three shot to yeah. show yeah. the disappointment in, in the in the significant <laughs> other or the family member. But they're all really pretty good about hiding their yeah. their this disappointment and fake joy for the other person. They yeah. <laughs> It's true, they are paid yeah. to be yeah. fake, aren't they? Um... <laughs> Alrighty, we're going to jump to a quick ad break to hear from our friends and sponsors. We'll be back in a moment. Coming this summer, winter, spring, or fall, the first ever musical theater sitcom where you go behind the scenes of the latest West End show, The Fosse Forest Ballet. Where's the important stuff? Aha! A thousand pound a week ensemble rate. Ah, that's what Mamma Mia likes. Starring Philip Joel and a West End cast featuring Carrie Alice, Darren Denny, Louise Demon, and Oliver Saville, and more. It all started in 1987 when I was a jobbing actress working in a diner. Yeah, it's just I, I had a really bad experience when I was touring Australia with a wombat. Darling! How long have I been mentoring you? Three months? Two years. So, her name is Henrietta. The horse? Yes. I've managed to secure you an audition for the biggest, most innovative, and the latest show to be going into the West End. Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. Think more along the lines of Panto. Frozen. Watch this episode for the price of a coffee. Simply go to www.thefussyforestbelly.com. Any and all profits go back to theater charities, acting for others, and the theater's trust. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll see a grown man in sparkly tights. Tight nights. Nice tights. move on then since we're on the topic of actors because mm. obviously i gave gareth one of another one of my favorite shows this week was just a fun little non-political insignificant show that has absolutely no depth to it at all <laughs> oh you've read my review already no i haven't yeah. i just being a total smart ass because I, I didn't i didn't read it so you gave me because and because you're an asshole <laughs> you gave me this twice yes so i got assassins the original off-broadway recording and then i got assassins the broadway recording so i don't know why you wanted me to listen to this twice actually i do know it's because you're an asshole um you gave me the titanic of metal albums that fucking shit went for 67 minutes or something like that which one that testament album oh, yeah okay testament and after last week's effort, whatever L- that was, a little bit of southern rap, rap rock doesn't does, does everyone a bit good. Anyway, you moving deserved on. two. CDs. Yeah, moving on. Okay, 
so assassins as usual i had never heard of this i have no idea what it was i didn't know it existed and then i started listening to it and again it's this is steven sonheim and he keeps coming up in this in this podcast he is and a he's legend, quite, that's why. He's pretty smart. He's pretty clever. Lyrically, he's very, very clever. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna give him that. Um, you know, the the music's not to my taste, but hey, it's it suits the story. So this is essentially a bunch of this is America through the ages, starting with yep. John Wilkes Booth and and ending with and I can't remember the guy who had a crack at Reagan. Um I can't remember his name. This um, is people oh, who are either this is Hinkley. Hinkley, sorry, John Hinkley. Yeah, we, okay. We, we mentioned him in the Bugsy Malone episode. Remember, he had a crush on Jodie Foster. Yeah, and stalked her. Yeah, that's and she right. won't talk about it now. No, she, that's like, right. I, yeah. I read up on that. She she will not face up to it. And so, and then there's a bunch of people. In, there's this whole list of either assassins or would be assassins. Yeah. Um, as I said, starting with John's John John Wilkes Booth. What a really interesting premise. Why you yeah. would why you would write a musical with, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald and and John Hinckley and um, you know, John Wilkes Booth and 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 all these other guys. So that was kind of that was a little bit jarring and interesting. And not only that, where are they? Here's the thing, they're kind of all together and they start out look, I think I didn't do a hell of a lot of research into this because I I didn't get a lot of time. I'm not surprised. No. Yeah. Um they start out in a gun shop and they're literally being sold guns no, to go and no, kill the no, president. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, they did. That's no, what no, I no. heard. This is my interpretation. Okay. <laughs> they're at the whole show set at a carnival. Okay. All right, that explains some of the carny music then. Yes. Anyway, reg- reg- uh, how did you not get that from the carny music that the show opens with? Because <laughs> musical theatre confuses me, and I don't know what any of it happens. So, okay, okay. So we've got this whole yeah. rogues gallery, and they and they kind of all exist at the in the, in the same time. And there's yeah, so they're at a carnival. There's presidents. Okay, they're at the carnival where most presidents <laughs> should be because they're clowns. Um, the the most yeah. jarring thing about this is, and with all respect to Jonathan, that's just fucked up. The amount of times that your presidents have been shot at or shot. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> I think we might have to cut. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> it's interesting. We've got some, I've got some American, American friends. They're actually renting, um, renting a house off us. And they're from Houston, and we went and saw them the other day, just before Christmas. And said they go down the shops, and and people will say, "What is it with your president?" And they're like, "Not my president, <laughs> not my president." So yeah, it was kind of funny. Well, it's but- a big difference. I tell you what, listen, when uh, listen, I, my friends who travel now, it's like it's brutal, mm. right? Back during the end of the Obama administration, I remember, I remember, I was in Brussels and we're walking through the market, and all the lovers were looking at me. And I know it was, it was. I'm not gonna say it was a little racist, but it was like, you know, they were like, "Hey, Obama!" <laughs> I was like, why are, you, "Why are you yelling Obama at me, dude?" <laughs> I know I'm the, I'm like, I'm, I'm the only, I'm the only black guy with my crew. And all the all the all the all the, all the people in the restaurants who are you know trying to get people to come over there, they were like, hey, Obama. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck, man. But it's better than having shit thrown at you, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. I was in um, three years ago. I was in Europe, and we were doing this tour in Germany with um, and there was two Americans on it, and they they sort of said, you know, 
you're Australian, so we can say this. We we tell everyone we're Canadian. We're just right now. So, and I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of sad and funny at the same time. So, and, and the people that don't know, they they don't know the difference. So, no, you can't because we because you'll get. Uh, listen, one and that's one thing. Where we're, we're, I know we're just digressing off the the theater mm. aspect, but you know when I when I travel, I said I listen to local radio, I watch local television, yeah. and when I take the cab and bus, I sit up front and I engage in conversation. And I get them to tell me their stories, especially if they're immigrants in that new country. When they came there, how long they've been there, mm. you know, how things are going, how's it, you know, adapting and their stories and, you know, healthcare, this, this, this. And you just, it's just, and, I, and that's something else. You can talk about the young people as they develop their craft and their skill. When they reach out, don't, don't feel, don't hesitate to talk and engage, mm. Mm. right? Mm. It, it, we said, we said writers observe. Mm. You know, directors live. We, I, I heard one, I can't remember, I think it was um, one director said, if you, if you really want to be a director, you're you're never bored because you're always watching. You're always yeah. looking. Yeah. You know, space, mm. movement, color, sound, light, this, 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 and the most mundane daily things. And then when you start incorporating into stuff you do, you, you, you know, you, you, you apply those interpretations right mm, and mm. the same thing as much as i shoot photography and post photography sometimes i look at images when i'm working in the studio or during a show i go like oh truck left a little bit more okay drop your pad a little bit go a little low angle look at this hold here see if you can move from here to here you know and because mm. i'm thinking this you know a robert frank photograph you know or you know gordon parks or something or a photograph that i like that composition it might not be true center but a little offset with something in the background you know, yep. so art influences everything. Mm. Life yep. influences everything. All right now, yep. back to theater. Sorry. Back to back. No, no, that's 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 cool. That's that was um as far more intelligent than anything I'm about to say anyway. So, um, okay. Pretty so much. I got two. I got two recordings of this. The yes. first one is only nine songs on it. It's it's fifty six minutes. Feels like twice that. It feels like June. Oh nonsense. Um, most. And because I don't know anything about musical theatre, but most musicals that I've been subjected to so far have a lot of songs and they're quite short and sharp and there's, you know, two or three minutes and, and then you move on to the next one. This one's got some really long songs. I mean, the opening number is six minutes. The second one, um, The Ballad of John Wilkes Booth, is, is over nine minutes long. And if I'm going to compare the two, I think the Broadway recording is much better because there's now 15 songs. There, It's a lot shorter. It's a lot sharper. I think it flows much better. There's a really interesting thing on the off-Broadway. There's this dialogue, which is it's actually genius. It's brilliant dialogue. But it goes on for nearly 11 minutes. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of people 1964. in 1964. Yeah, November 22, 1963. I don't yeah. know. So, when, when was JFK shot? <laughs> That's when it is. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I know it was 1 p.m. in Dallas. So it was, yeah, 22, 11, 63. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So there's John Wilkes Booth talking to Lee Harvey Oswald. And he's telling him all about his, his life and who he is. And, and it's actually, as I said, it's absolute genius. The weird thing about it is you've got this 11-minute chunk of dialogue right near the end of, of, a, you know, of what is musical theatre. And normally when I'm listening or watching one of these things, I, I just want to, would you just shut up, stop singing and... You know, just just stop singing. But yeah. th this one, it's yeah. I thought that's kind of weird. Why would you chuck 
a big load of dialogue. As good as the dialogue was, it's on on its own. It could be uh, a fascinating short story. Um, so yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was kind of why would you do that? And in the Broadway cast recording, it's gone. There yeah. is. Oh, there they is, they cut most of it out. Like yeah. they've cut Just it down to bit. like three minutes or something, and then you've got fifteen yeah. songs, and you're back to that. Um, apart from the opening number, which is still, you know, the opening two numbers, which is still quite long, the rest of it is really short, sharp, and it and it flows so much better. And and the new one's got Neil Patrick Harris in it, and I still hear when he's singing. I still kind of hear Doogie Howser, so that was kind of. But that's just me. <laughs> that's me. Um, but it's such a bizarre idea. I yeah. I just. When you're sitting in front of someone now, if someone sat sat in front of me and they were pitching, I wanna I wanna make a musical about people who have either killed or shot at, you know, elected presidents of the United States. I would go, okay, you you need to come back with something a little bit more, you know, that's that's crazy. Someone's gonna burn down the theater. Get get the hell out of here. And there's this really, there's this really interesting bit where and the song as they do with so many musical theaters it starts with one song and then finishes with the same damn song slightly different everyone's got the right and i might have got this wrong but this literally saying everyone's got the right to want to be the president and if you can't do that you <laughs> you can want to kill a president as did i miss that have i just completely missed that because um... to, that was just Maybe that's just what I heard because I was. Maybe, maybe for those characters or people, I'm I'm not sure. I've never really was, thought of it like that. To, to me, it was like you know you can you can dream, so dream to be a well yeah I guess dream yeah, to be a can, president or you can dream to be a psychopath. In so. America, you can be anything you want to be. That's the idea that they're selling. That is the yeah. idea that America sells, and these yeah. people felt. Um, burnt or whatever yeah. uh, done by one of them had a sore stomach Giuseppe Zangara and so Gis- he decided to shoot <laughs> Giuseppe is the most bizarre out of everyone because he's this short dude mm-hmm. who missed Roosevelt because he was standing on a chair and the yeah. chair wasn't very stable so and he wasn't a great shot um, it's just but, but that song How I Saved Roosevelt <laughs> is yeah. that not a fantastic song. Yeah, look, there's... Lucky I was there. The Yeah. Look, the lyrically, as a, as I said, lyrically, it's it's so clever and really, you know, it, it kept me... Look, it kept me interested, even though I had to... I, I only listened to the first one once uh, because I... Yeah. I, to me, if, if you'd have just given me that one, I would have turned around and said, this thing's got so much potential... It should just yeah. be. It should just be cut a bit different, and and you know, essentially, which is what they did with the second with the second one. So yeah, they drew out the comedy a little bit more, the characterizations a little bit over the top. Yeah. Now don't forget, both of these productions were put out at times when there was a Bush president in yeah. power. Who, so who, who no. who's in in hindsight wasn't that bad. Anyway, no, but don't forget there are two asses in Assassins. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's okay. probably why there was a little look. I and I and I I kind of got this. 
there's almost a little bit of both sides in this in this musical. There's not a strong one way or the other, which no, which is not. which is kind of you know. And I'm waiting for the big strong anti gun message, which isn't there, but that's okay. That's that's just an Aussie thing. Um, no, instead it's what a wonder is a gun. What a wonderful <laughs> invention. <laughs> they basically orgasm over the guns. As, as, but, um, you know, Steve L once said, "The devil's right hand," but. Um, yeah, yeah look, a lot of people walk out of this show really because they find okay. it, yeah, a, yeah. A lot, especially a lot of older people, okay, companies that local companies that sometimes are very hesitant to do it mm-hmm. because it, it's very polarizing. It's a lot of people will see it as immediately celebrating these acts of of murder, or mm. it, it, even then, presidents aren't murdered, are they? They're assassinated, mm. so um, but. I don't personally think it is. I think it is exploring the psyches of these characters. And and like our last guest, Alison Frazier said, we're not meant to like the main character of every musical. Yeah. 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 You know, so why not explore the psyches of psychopaths who have actually dented their country's history mm. in one way or another. They've stuck out or stood out because of, of that reason. Yeah. So, and- yeah, the and the most interesting thing about that is every there is no common theme apart from they wanted to shoot the president. Every yeah. one of these nut jobs had their own agenda and their own reasons for doing it, and it wasn't always political. No. Uh, so it's look, I I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed oh, I enjoyed the the black comedy of it, the the dark humor. There was there was some stuff there that that's you know, and it's it's entertaining. It's supposed to be entertaining. So if you're gonna walk out on it, um maybe you shouldn't have walked in on it in the first place. So, you know, read the I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Read the read the program before you go in and, you know, let's yeah. let's not ban the book before you read it. So um yeah. I'm I'm gonna give it I'm giving it um oh, I, I look I'm splitting it down the middle. I'm going to give it three out of five. Three. three. I'm going to give it three out. Only because you gave me a... It's a bit weak. You, you made me listen to it twice. You gave me two <laughs> versions. You should have just sucked it up. If, you, if you'd have given me the first version. Having said okay. that, well, the, that, that dialogue... The first I version still, has... Yeah, I, I exactly. still go with that dialogue, that 10-minute dialogue of, you know, in yeah. the first version. Like I said, that I, I thought that was so well written. And um, it, it was that it was such a visual thing just hearing it you could yeah that was that was brilliant so so there we i don't go. know it's, it's, it sounds like you want to give it higher than the three if something makes you think <laughs> yeah right and really question then it, it did its job i i think you really you really want to do at least a four i'm giving yeah. it yeah all right you call you call you're calling me on my bullshit jonathan i'm giving it yeah, a four yeah. <laughs> You're 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 waxing philosophical about a fucking theater performance and the meaning and the meaning behind it, whereas you know, whereas you know, we couldn't do the same thing with whatever testament, whatever that whatever. shit I so, gave you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. So you kind of you kind of you kind of went from high school to grad school in your reviews. Yeah. No, I, I totally. All right. It gets a I, four. We yeah, need you on the me. show more often. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the, right. the funny thing is. Um, this well you say that there is no connective um thread between the people that's not true because there no, I was didn't say that. john 
Yeah, you did a couple no. of minutes ago. No, I did not. They're no, not I said, really any okay, connective. No, their their motives are all. Well, yeah, that was are, all, are whatever you said. The road, the motives are different, and it's not as I said, it's not all political, even though they're yeah. shooting politicians. Yeah. Well, that that's what you said. So I'll <laughs> say that now, and then. Um, but there is the the one ballad in the show, Unworthy of Your Love, um, which is John Hinckley Jr. singing to Jodie Foster, whilst Lynette Squeaky Fromm sings to Charles Manson. So there is the, right. that sort of that, but there's sort of like that love story, but these two intersecting characters that mm. don't really intersect in a way, but kind of do, but they've put, been put into this song to intersect, to be singing to their potential yeah. loved ones that aren't actually each other, Yeah, which is odd for a musical because usually there is a ballad between the, uh, the, the, the romantic leads. And um, mm. Mm. That's, that's, that's one ballad that I don't hate. That's you. <laughs> I love ballads. I, I don't hate it. Oh, you I know don't. what? This is, this is something that wouldn't, and every time I listen to a musical, and I've said this in the past, and I said it with, um, with Sweeney Todd, they'll make a great movie, just a straight movie. I don't think you could make this into a movie and make it and and ha- make it have no. any sense at all. Um, it no, it, it absolutely works on Broadway, but I don't think it would work. It w- wouldn't work in the cinema, which yeah. is kind of. I, I look. I've seen, I've seen two productions of it. Mm. One of them was fantastic and the other one was a production. Um, <laughs> and it is, well, the, 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 seeing it live is absolutely fantastic. I would love to see it professionally. However, when um, I think I was 11 years old, my second year of theatre or my first year of theatre, my theatre company did it, right? And I wasn't allowed to audition because I was considered too immature. That's a fair call. Because remember, I've told you on this show that I used to talk out of line. I used to be a smart ass and used to play up at theatre. You keep saying used to. Shut up. <laughs> Anyways, so my acting teacher didn't think I would be mature enough to audition for the, the part of uh, Sarah Moore's son. So she told two people who were two years fucking younger than me to audition for the part. Two two boys who were both the oldest in their family, so they didn't have an older brother and sister putting on shit like Shocking Asia at four years old. Like, I tell you what, the, some of the, the torturous crap they put on for me, I, I still can picture big, fat Asian men or uh, uh, Japanese men or wherever they were from wearing nappies being baby-fed by a dominatrix because my brother and sister showed me that at four years old. That image is still in my head today, <laughs> right? So there was a bit of different exposure that I, I'm still offended today that I was considered too immature. So to my <laughs> acting teacher, thank you very much. My life could have been so much different if you had have told me about the bloody audition. Uh, but the set that they had was fantastic. They had mm. Dodgem Car on stage and there, there was like a, a quarter of a, a um, what's it, Ferris wheel. Okay, cool. That, took yep. up the the back they had the american flag normally there would be a cyclorama at, at the theater but they took that down a cyclorama sorry it's a white sheet at the back that lights will hit it and flood that's your backdrop okay we call it call it a cyclorama just All to right. make it difficult uh that was taken away the american flag was sort of roughly painted on it I remember hay bales uh I remember there were targets there were six or seven targets for all the presidents that had their names on it 
So oh. I never saw the production, but okay. I remember we got told. So this is how obsessed with with theatre I was, even at 11 years old, a show I never saw. I still today remember the set and everything about it that, that I was told. When a president was shot, those targets would fly away. Okay. So it would represent them being killed or at least being attempted to be killed. Um, so, yeah, I was always disappointed I never got to be a part of that production. Mm. Bugger. Yep. Oh, well. <laughs> so it's not playing anymore, I'm guessing that. Um, actually, no, there was meant to be a, a production off-Broadway this year. Yeah. Sorry, right. last year, because we're now in this year. And this year's going to... Sorry, but this year's the same as last year, so... Yeah. Well, yes, that's yeah. Obviously, it's it's not the years that need to change; it's people's attitudes sure. that need to change. Uh, however, yeah, there is meant to be a professional production opening in New York soon-ish. Yeah, soon-ish. But so, I want a professional production in Melbourne, Melbourne Theatre Company, to do it again. You could pretty much, sadly, you know, there's probably two countries yeah. in the world where you can do it, and one's Australia, another one's New Zealand. So no, you could do it in UK. Seriously, have you seen the shit fight that they're in at the moment? They're like, you could do it in northern Vietnam because they hate Americans there, and don't you think they would love to see a <laughs> no, musical I, no, like I, this? I was thinking more of putting people <laughs> in close proximity in a theatre rather than politically, oh. so oh, you know, okay. so they oh, don't, sorry. so they don't, you know, contract oh. some horrible respiratory illness. I was well, thinking. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now that's, can, that's you can fair do enough. it here. <laughs> no. Yeah, they could. No. Politically, you could what... do this anywhere right now. <laughs> you, you, you could very much do it right now, and I did not choose it because Trump is in power. In fact, if I had waited till Biden was in power and chose this album, someone would have accused me of hating Joe Biden. What is his name? Joe or Jim? It's Joe. Joe. Yeah, Joe Biden. So that's how much I care about your politics, kids. Um, yeah. See. So, like I had to do it now just to get it over and done with, and while Trump's still here. <laughs> well, you well 40. it was nothing, nothing to do with the choice, nothing he's, at all. He's got. It is a fantastic musical. He's got fourteen more days if you're in Australia, fifteen if you're in the US. But anyway, that's just well, not. We're not counting to the down to the twentieth of. Uh, that's what you all think. Twentieth January. Think at all. That. No. Anyway, know, so look, yeah, there you go. It's it's four. It's four out of five. It. It yeah. is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You put some guitars in there and some big drums and this is this is a great thing. This could be a, this you could rock the shit out of this to be honest. You could rock The, the original was 3. 3 instruments, sorry dude. Oh, to really? So yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay. All you need is 3 instruments and that's a rock band. That's it. And 3 chords. Guitar, bass, that's drums. Definitely a rock there band. Yeah, that is music. Yeah. So, yeah. I could I could see this, but it 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 totally works and yeah. All right. Well done yeah, no. for just giving me something. Just, you know, I think back to my first one that I had to listen to was Hello, Dolly, and how far we've come. Yeah. I thought that's what it was going to be. I was just going to get shiny, happy Barbara Streisand every fucking week. So, Well, I would like to quote for emphasis your little <laughs> quote last week of, I'm not going to fall for it this week, Aaron. This week you fell for it. Yeah, it's not about. Look, it's not. It's not a pat on back. It's oh, a, excuse me. Yes, it is. When my ego is at stake, of course it is. <laughs> no, I've hated. I've hated some shit you give me, and I'll yeah. So, oh, there's anyway. look. There, there is some really truly awful stuff to come. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> Don't you worry. But uh, come hard and come early. Yeah. So 
they get the points on the board and then I'm too far ahead for you to catch up. Mm. And that's fine. Not but that, look, I tell you, sorry, go. Not that it's a contest. Um, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, I'll tell you what, this is one show that I would definitely direct. Okay. Hell yes. To, to explore. This is a human psyche show. It, it's mm. not a, it's not a jazz hand show. It's, it's not your big chorus lines or anything. There is a, a small cast. To, to be able to work with those actors and or to work with any actors full stop and to develop those characters um, and to, to go through the history of, of those people and all that. And then and you sort of look at, at people like Lynette Fromm, who was mixed up with Charles Manson. Mm. Her name's like elsewhere. And you know what I mean? Like you can mm. see impersonations or characterizations of her in other films and stuff. So, mm. and obviously all the other people as well. Yeah, no, I, I'm, yep. I'm glad. There we go. And, and did you like it, Jonathan? Uh, there we go. Listen, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I'm not going to bullshit, but listening to the yep. discussion that you guys had about it, I'm going to go back and listen through and through because the yep. concept's really good and it would lend itself to a long form of video concept or a yep. film. I, I, could, I could take that material of all the assassins collaborating and talking, discussing philosophy and why yep. into musical form. That's, that's, that's uh, kind of whacked out, but cool. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. there are there are a lot of scenes in it. Um, like there's a scene with Emma Goldman, who was a, a Russian feminist, I think she was, um, and I think Lynette Fromm, and they sort of meet on a park bench, uh, and there's fried chicken involved. And I actually wrote that down <laughs> because there. I wrote down there <laughs> Sarah Jane Moore fried chicken lunchtime. Okay, I'm so, there. Yeah. <laughs> It feels like it has a lot of surreal moments that you could put together. Mm. Yeah, you mm. know what I mean? Like you could, and you could have those scenes in it. And, and it is one of those crazy scenes that is like the the um they ain't got no fucking hamburgers with, with um who who's doing that? It's Mario Cantone on the on the CD, but who's the who's he playing? The um Oh Samuel Bick. Okay. Or Sa- Samuel Bike or Bick. B Y C K, I think that's yeah. who he's playing. Yeah. Um, so he's yeah that's that's a crazy so like do you want to be like there's all these weird strange things in there or or whatnot because it is a surreal place mm. they've all they're all essentially i think meeting in purgatory uh, okay that yeah purgatory is a carnival full stop sure okay. um and yeah that's that's their connective tissue is that they're it's like the ending of lost where okay you yeah no, no no one saw the ending of lost you've lost me okay well <laughs> they weren't all dead but they had their souls had created their own world not a purgatory they, their souls had created a, a world so that once they're all ready to move on they right. will all realize where they are and move on together we're clear on that. Very simple ending. How does nobody get this? I don't fucking know, man. People, it's been 10 people, years. People, I'm still well, arguing. It's like the movie Carnival, that 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 horror movie Carnival of Souls. Oh, with um that's that's a Wes, Wes Craven movie, wasn't it? I don't know. That that's, that's I think that was like 1962. He did the it's, 90s it's remake. Yeah, yeah, Carnival of Souls. That's the original. So I mean, <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe um I don't know who did the, the newer version, but I remember the old one black and white and that and that's that's almost like you can take this assassins carnival oh. souls and then just put on your fellini hat and fucking go to town yeah <laughs> well exactly i think it was um william castle but i'm just checking that up no her carvey i oh, know i haven't heard of him 
Okay. And it was remade in 98. Uh, yeah, so that's, that sort of thing, that's what I reckon that's where they are, and that's why they're at a, um, a carnival. <clears throat> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so Anyway, it was uh, good. Wes Craven did produce the, um, the 98 remake. So okay. I, I don't know my Herc Herman, the, but I do uh, know my Wes Craven. We'll find find the uh, find the original on Criterion, probably. So we'll have a have a look for that. Probably. I, I, it sounds I, like fun. The remake was okay. A- anyways, yeah. Oh, look, I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed this. Yeah. And yes, definitely go back and listen to it, Jonathan, and and everyone at home, um, check out Assassins because it is so much better than Titans of Excretion. Wow, so much disrespect Sorry. for my for my. <laughs> From my first I've one. been waiting to get that in because I missed it oh. in my review. Damn it. It was a handwritten oh. note that I forgot to add in there. I had to find it a place to put it. You miss like Hink- you miss like Hinkley anyway. Shall we wrap things up? I guess so. <laughs> we could just sit here talking shit all day, but I got a life. So Yeah, no, <laughs> okay. We'll, yeah, we'll wrap it up. We, we, we can't keep our guests too much longer. But Ed, look, Jonathan, you're welcome back anytime. Please yeah. do. And I, I always need the extra backup to um put Gareth in his place. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you said that quite forcibly. <laughs> you don't. Anyway. I enjoyed the conversation, guys. I really did. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me oh, on. Good. Thanks, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Uh, do you have anything to plug before before we go? Nope, just everybody be safe. But you guys are doing better than we are here in the United States. So, you know, just yeah. be safe and do the best you can with everything. Wear your fucking masks. Yes. Full stop. Like, it's not going to hurt you. It's not taking away your liberty for crying out loud. Like, goodness gracious, mate. But anyways, yeah. Gareth, have you got anything to plug? Your end of year review came out. My end of year review came out at wallofsoundau.com. So head over there and see all the wonderful things that I thought was great in music. And I even wrote about one gig, the one gig I saw last year before everything went to shit. And you, and you can see how high I rated Testament Titans of Creation in my end of year review. Yeah, go and check that out. And then you can you can check out all the other shit I write about over there. My opinions, I have many. And the great thing about that medium is I get to put it down and I put it down on the page and, and um, no one tells me I'm wrong halfway through it. So it's I like that. <laughs> I wonder who he's talking about. I do like comments. I don't good comments, you know, negative or positive, as long as it's constructive. And if it's not, I just ignore it. So head over, head over wallofsoundau.com and you can catch me on the Twitters at notgareth. And I tweet about, I don't know, whatever I'm feeling. So, you know, there's there's a thousand odd people that seem to like me at the moment. So become one of them. Oh, really? What's wrong with them? I don't know. Anyways. I don't know. No. So I, I go back through it. my old tweets and go, what is this guy talking about? Don't know where. Yeah. No, don't worry. I do that too. Go through your old tweets and think, God, what do I say in that guy? <laughs> Anyways. That's mean. Uh, yeah. Check out the Toniston Tales. Yes. Follow us on Twitter. Um, Bloop Network and Thrush and Treasure. Uh, all that jazz. Um, special thank you. Oh. Oh. Hey, I got a, I got a new follower, man. This guy's oh. <laughs> some. Oh, okay. No, I just worked that out. Some insane <laughs> person just. Right. Okay. I, I tell you what, with, with our first guest being a Broadway diva legend, mm. now we've got Jonathan. Next week we've got a West End star. Do you want to give me something before we good. sign off? Uh, yeah. Yep. What, what do I want to give you? Oh, well, I can give you my next album for next week if you want. Oh, no, oh we... shit, yes. Or have we no, got... we haven't. 
We yeah. haven't stopped. There was a, a, a thing because um, Dave picked the album for me next week. Okay, what did he pick? Well, first off, he picked Metallica Ride the Lightning, and mm. I had to say to it's him, too easy. Too easy. We've, we've kind of put a ban on Metallica because I know them. Mm. And then he turned around and said, Ozzy Osbourne, yeah. whatever album that was. And I'm like, shit no because that's the album we were going to do this week for the jonathan episode because he is as did the the, the um the, yeah. the blitzcon was it a performance okay right and so then i had to go back and tell dave that no you need to pick a third album mm. and i thought no i can't do that that's really mean <laughs> yep. so it should have been ozzy osborne this week but i know it is going to be for next week so i don't even know what the album's called something of a man measure of a man or okay you're the one giving it to me now well no i wasn't sent it so hang on hang on diary of a madman i was way off oh thank okay thank god for that because if it was ordinary man which is his latest one but diaries a certified classic so there you go okay you are giving me diary of a madman <laughs> there you go you get Aussie. and i yeah. am giving you something which you scoffed at a couple of weeks ago so serves you right mm. billy elliott the musical mm. and uh yes i hope you enjoy it <laughs> It's the music's by Elton John. Oh, joy. As in the Reginald Dwight. Yeah. And, oh, joy. What are you talking about? Yeah. Elton right. John has some fantastic songs. He does. Yes, he does. All right. On that note. Sometimes I worry about you. First on... Kate Bush and now Elton John. Yeah, don't, don't worry. It gets worse. Anyway, I've got Billy Elliot. You've got Diary of a Madman. Yes. All righty. We've had Mr. Jonathan X. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you very much, guys. I had a great time. Yep, so do we. And as I say, come back anytime. Yeah, right. Hey, anytime you invite, I'll, I'll do it if I'm not busy, okay? Yep, Which awesome. means 2020, I'll be available all of 2021. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> so uh, if you ever need a ringer to come in and just spew the same bullshit, I'd be more than happy to. You know, I, I, share, that share that philosophy, okay? That all right, like brother. I appreciate that. And that's it from us. We'll see you next time. Good night. All right, all right. guys. Take care. Like, like,